Welcome back to Talk to Talk with your girl Anita Love to Hate to Hate. Coming to you guys from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It is Wired Wednesday, you guys. And on Wired Wednesday, God is good. He continues to bless me. My family is blessed. And while another day above ground is always a blessing, and for your ear and your support, I appreciate you and I thank you for coming over and hit that listener support button. You can also reach me on Spreaker Rika, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. You can subscribe to me. You can get um recent episodes as soon as I publish them. Any questions, any comments, anything you want to hear, you can email Anita Love to hate to hate at gmail.com. That's Anita the Anita Love the number two hate the number two hate at gmail.com. Um I look forward to hearing from you guys on my podcast today. Wanted to talk about Good Health Wednesday and Good Health Wednesday is Hepatitis A. The reason I'm talking about Hepatitis A is because of the outbreak that has occurred in Louisiana. And also, um, it was a question that I received about open marriage. I'm going to get into that in a moment. But first, again, let me thank you all for coming over and listening to my podcast and for giving me your ear and just just the plain acknowledgement that you give me is encouraging to me um if it's not for you guys listening to my podcast I wouldn't I would not continue to do it um because I can enjoy it all I want to but if no one is receiving or enjoying anything that I say is defeating the purpose of me even doing the podcast I'm just going to be honest with you guys so thank you and I appreciate you so very much. I'm going to take a brief break. You guys don't go anywhere. All right, you guys, Pocket Cats. So you love listening to podcasts. That's great. Pocket Cast is another platform. It has a play without subscribing. It has an easy episode search, a up next syncing. It's also have improved this discovery with so many podcasts launching daily. How can you find your next session? They've invested heavily into making discovery easy. I mean, very easy, you guys. They have a streamlined experience. Everything is easy. There's so much more to Pocket Cats. They have this new archiving features, playback effects. While streaming, they have an enhanced Apple Watch support, series shortcuts, listening history, searching improvement, season and episode number support, almost everything that could be Pocket Cast have it. All you have to do is go over to the Apple App Store, Google Play Store, or you can go over to the web at pocketcast.com, download it, and you get to listen to other podcasters such as yourself, such as myself. So, go over to the Apple app, Google app, or to the web at pocketcast.com. Download the app. You will not be disappointed. Don't wait. Go get it. Welcome back, you guys. It is Wired Wednesday. And on Wired Wednesday, that means you're moving, you're going, you're pumped, you're energized because it's hump day. You're waiting to get to that destination. Yes, honey. Um, And we're going to keep pushing. Yes. 
Wire Wednesday, I'm going to do Good Health Wednesday, and I have some few things that I want to cover, but we're going to do the Wired, um, the Good Health Wednesday first, you guys. First, my Good Health Wednesday is Hepatitis A. And the reason I'm talking about Hepatitis A because there was, um, there were, the health department is investigating my um, outbreak of Hepatitis B um, in Louisiana. Um, they announced it Tuesday, which was yesterday, that the Louisiana Office of Public Health um, was investigating an outbreak of hepatitis A virus, HIV infections. Um, as of December the 14th, Louisiana had about 24 reported cases of HIV infection, um, three of which were not linked to the current outbreak. That's nearly three times the number of cases LDH saw in 2017. The East Baton Rouge Parish and surrounding parishes, including Livingston and Ascension Parish, has fewer than five HIV cases. Morehouse Parish has between five to ten reported cases, according to the map that lists the HIV cases by parish. The Centers for Disease Control, CDC, says hepatitis A is a serious and highly contagious virus that affects the liver, started hitting various states across the country two years ago. Um, the Assistant Secretary, Alex um, Billocks with LDH days clusters have recently been found in Morehouse Parish, Baton Rouge, and New Orleans. They are declaring this outbreak as a way to bring to better navigate federal funding so that they can partner with communities and really be proactive in identifying and vaccinating folks beforehand. Hepatitis A is contacted by consuming contaminated food or drink through sex and by being in close contact with someone in the same living quarters. Those at high risk of getting the illness include traveling, pregnant women, people who inject drugs, and the homeless. The state health officials say that they're partnering with LSU and local government office to bring the vaccines to those who may not have the means to get one. People who get sick will get upset stomach, will get yellow eyes, and that liver dysfunction can get pretty serious rather quickly and people can eventually die. Treatment for H for hepatitis A includes rest, fluids, adequate nutrition, and monitoring from a medical professional. Um, Dr. Bellock says the vaccine is the best way to prevent hepatitis A. The CDC recommends children aged one year and older and anyone traveling or who wants to have an extra layer or protection to get the shot. The recent increase in cases mirrors the hepatitis A outbreaks happening in other states as well. The HIV infections are often resolved through treatment, but LDH says illness and death in the current national outbreaks have been higher than usual because of older age and underlying health conditions of the people who actually get the infection. If you want more information on the outbreak, you can go to the health department's website, or you can, if you're in Baton Rouge, you can visit the WAFB health page for more local health stories as well. Um, you can also go online, and everything that I'm reading to you right now is actually coming from the WAFB.com website. Um, but we're going to get into what hepatitis A actually is. Um, hepatitis A, you guys, is a highly contagious liver infection caused by hepatitis A virus. Um, some people have a mild illness that lasts a few days. Others have more severe problems that can last months. You usually get it when you eat or drink something that's been exposed to poop from someone who has the virus. Poop is a feces, poop, you know. Unlike other types, the hepatitis A virus is rarely dangerous. 
almost any everyone who gets it makes a full recovery but since it can take a while to clear up it's a good idea to know how to take care of yourself in the meantime the symptoms of hepatitis a if you have this infection you may have inflammation in your liver that's caused by a virus you don't always get symptoms but when you do you might have jaundice which is yellow eyes and skin dark urine pain in your belly loss of appetite nausea fever diarrhea and fatigue children often have the disease with fewer symptoms you can spread the hepatitis a virus about two weeks before your symptoms appear and during the first week they show up or even if you don't have any symptoms at all the cause of hepatitis A, is, well, the point is you can catch the disease if you drink water or foods that's been contaminated with the stool of someone with the virus. Hepatitis transmission can also happen if you eat fruits, vegetables, or other foods that were contaminated during handling. Eat raw shellfish, harvest it from water that's got the virus in it, swallow contaminated ice, things of that nature. The risk factors for hepatitis A you can live with or have sex with someone who's infected. Travel to countries where hepatitis A is common. People who are also at risk are men who have sex with men. People who inject illegal drugs. Kids and children. Child care and their teachers. So, the biggest question for some of us that may not even be aware of hepatitis A is how do doctors diagnose hepatitis A? Well, if your doctor suspects hepatitis A... If you have the symptoms, any of the symptoms that I've mentioned, and you have high levels of liver enzymes, when your doctor tests your blood, they'll confirm the diagnosis with either the blood test IgG, which is hemoglobin, immunoglobin M antibodies, which is your body makes these when you, you're first exposed to hepatitis A. They stay in your bloodstream for about three to six months. And the IgG, which is immunoglobin G antibodies, and these show up after the virus has been in your body for a while. You may have them all your life. They protect you against hepatitis A for the rest of your life. If you test positive for them but not for IgM antibodies, it means you had a hepatitis A infection in the past or you've been vaccinated against it. That's usually what that means. Hepatitis Usually the virus doesn't cause any long-term problems or complications, but according to the CDC, 10% to 15% of people with hepatitis A will have symptoms that last a long time or come back over a six to nine month period. In rare situations, some people may have liver failure or need a transplant. Very rare. There is no specific medication that can get rid of hepatitis A. Your doctor will treat your symptoms. You may hear this called supportive care until the disease goes away. He'll also do tests that check how well your liver is working to be sure your body is healing. And during that time, you can take the steps to make yourself more comfortable, like get some rest because you'll probably feel tired. You'll be sick and have less energy than before you were infected. Then try to keep food down. The nausea that comes with hepatitis A can make it tough to eat. It may be easier to snack during the day than to eat full meals. But just make sure you get enough. Go for more high-calorie foods and drink fruit juice or milk instead of water. Fluids will also help keep you hydrated if you're throwing up. Avoid alcohol. Um, it's hard for your liver to process medications and alcohol. Plus, drinking can lead to added liver damage. So, tell your doctor about any medications that you take, including over-the-counter drugs, because all that plays a part in it. Um, yes, it's about 95% effective among health adults. There's a vaccine, you guys. 
so, and the yes, it's about 95% effective among health, healthy adults and can work for more than 20 years. It's around 85% effective among children and can last them 15 to 20 years. Vaccination is required for travelers to areas of the world with high hepatitis infection, men who have sex with other men, those with a blood clotting problem, people who inject illegal drugs, anyone with long-term liver disease. The vaccine is given in three separate doses. Um, hepatitis A, can it be prevented? Getting vaccinated is your best defense. If you come in contact with someone with hepatitis A, you can get an immune globin shot within two weeks. Good hygiene is also important, you guys. Always wash your hands with soap and water after using the bathroom, before and after handling food, and after changing a diaper. When you travel to a place with, your, with poor sanitation, don't drink water, tap water, or eat raw food. How do you avoid spreading hepatitis A? Avoid all sexual activities. Wash your hands after you use the bathroom or change diapers. Don't prepare food for others if you have an active infection. Period. Uh, that is it for me. I hope that it helps. I hope that your eyes are open. You can go on the website at webmd.com. I got all this without, that I've mentioned to you from webmd.com. You can go there. They have other things on there pertaining to hepatitis A. Um what hepatitis look like, the liver problems, how to know if your liver is in trouble. There's different things that's on their website that you can actually go to. Then they explain the hepatitis A and B vaccine, why you should get them, adult hepatitis A vaccine side effects, guidelines and more, the symptoms, all that stuff. You can go there and you can read it. Um, it, 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 it will help you. So go there, read up on it. You will not be disappointed. You need to be educated on these things. No matter where you're at, not just in Louisiana, but across the country. All right, you guys, it is my question. I received a question from Jenny, and the question is, I need a love to hate hate. I've been married for five to six years. Me and my marriage for the most me and my husband marriage for the most part have been amazing. Recently it's been a lot of ups and downs, in and outs. Um, our sex life have hit a dive, a very bad dive. Recently my husband introduced the idea of an open marriage. I'm hesitant, but at the same time, I'm intrigued as well. Should I consider an open marriage? What do you think? What would you suggest? Um, first off, Miss Jenny, she me, her, your girl, and is not into open marriages. That's just not something I believe in, but for each his own. So open marriages, like I said, are, are it's not for everyone. And that's just, that's completely okay. But... If you or your spouse are anxious, nervous, or eager in any way to break away from just the normal traditions of a relationship, um, just know that you guys are not alone. There are plenty of people that go through that. I went online and I was reading some things. And it was even clear to me that they've done research about open marriages. And there was a research that published in the Journal of Sex and Marital Therapy found that one in five Americans have been in an open relationship. 
And these open marriages are something that more and more people have opened themselves up about diving into with their partners. So if that kind of idea of hopping into bed with just one person for the rest of your life feels like you're drowning or that you're going to suffocate yourself. But the idea of marriage has always been something that you've been, you know, headstrong about. Perhaps maybe it's time that you both sit down and y'all chat about keeping things in the bedroom more open. Just a suggestion. But before you make that joint decision, there are some questions that I think when I was reading the marital and therapy thing online that you both should ask each other and you both should fully agree on first before y'all dive into that. Um, again, these are my opinions and the opinions of other people from offline that I went reading and researching myself. Um, I didn't want to be, well, no girl, get out of there. You know what I mean? Because my response honestly would have been if my partner came to me and said, hey, I'm thinking maybe we should have an open marriage, blah, blah, blah. I would have felt some type of way. And that type of way would not have been, well, let me consider it. Well, let me think about it. Two is more than enough. That's me and my partner. Three is a damn crowd in the bedroom, especially if it's not a baby that needs some nurturing. You know what I mean? So I, I, that's not for me, but I know people that are married and been married for years. And when I first met them, they had this amazing relationship. And I always ask, well, how do y'all do it? How y'all doing? And I always say, well, we're open and we're honest with each other. And we keep the lines of communication open. And we don't can any feelings for each other. Now, we are respectful with the way we talk to each other. But we don't hide how we feel. We don't hide our desires. And the key thing is being upfront and being open and communicating. And so it's like, oh, okay. And then I later learned that they had an open relationship. Didn't know that at first, but that was none of my business either, anyway, because they know that that's not for me. But I'm going to get into these questions that I think you should ask yourself. Um, the first question is, what do we want this to look like? Or what do I, like when you ask yourself individually, you say, what do I want this to look like? So just like any life-changing situations, you always should map things out, have a plan of action when it comes to how you envision these open marriage working. Just a thought. Jot down some instructions or rules that might truly be the best way to make sure that you and your partner are on the same page and nobody gets side-blinded. Side-blinded. <laughs> Blindsided. Each partner should consider the fantasy scenarios that they have in their head of how they think it should be. But the nightmare version of what an open marriage could look like as well. Saba Haroni Lurie, and I know I'm saying that wrong, so I apologize, is a licensed marriage and family therapist who actually specializes in relationships and sexuality. And she said that people should really be honest with themselves and with their partners about their expectations of the relationship and how it could possibly change if they were to open their marriage up to other people. Um, 
like I said, she said that each partner should consider the fantasy scenarios that they have in their head as well as the nightmare version of what an open marriage could look like. Because honestly, that is something to think about because so so often, you know, people just think about the fantasy, just the exciting part of what the rush is supposed to look like. And it's a good idea to consider how you can invite some of that into your lives. It's also wise and very smart for you to look at the other side of the coin and to take that into account when you're making these type of decisions within your relationships. The second question is, what are my attachment styles? What are our attachment styles? Like, while the thrills of an open marriage, open relationship might get you all riled up inside, excited and pumped up. Lori suggested that people, partners should take a step back and truly think about what your attachment style is like individually. Attachment styles influences the way that we would engage in relationships, often subconsciously, you know. It, it would be worthwhile for both partners to consider their own attachment, individual styles, how those attachment styles are activated in the relationship that they're in now and how they will manifest in an open relationship. These are some good questions, you guys. Number three, why is this appealing? Why? Because if you're going to have a conversation with your spouse about wanting this in your relationship, in your marriage, you have to be sure to back up that thought with reasoning. It has to make sense. You have to have some type of information. What about it interests you? Why do you want to, to give it a try in your relationship, in your marriage? Stephanie Schaefer Pond is also a licensed um, master social worker and a kinky, kink-affirming sex therapist. And she suggests getting down to the root of why couples would want an open relationship and why an open relationship appeals to you. What about that idea of an open relationship appeals to you? Like, is this coming from a desire to enhance a relationship that's already strong? Or are you trying to feel missing gaps in a relationship that is already struggling because the purpose of opening a relationship should not be to resolve those unmet needs that you have within your primary relationships it's a thought number four is my relationship stable is our relationship stable david f keefler is a LMFT, he's a private practice mental health therapist. He recommended that given the current state of your relationships with your partner a really, really good look. Um, and I know this sound this this is a, like a solid place to start so that as a couple you can determine if if you feel like you have a strong foundation. So when you're opening a relationship can be incredibly fun and exciting and all of that, but it can also bring significant challenges, which can harm your relationship. If your relationship is not strong enough to start off with opening it up to someone else, if you're one foot in and one foot out the door and you feel like you have one 
like your mind is somewhere else half the time, I think it's a good time to go to a couple therapists and work on straightening and strengthening and growing your relationship before you consider opening up to someone else. So if you're in and out of that relationship, you have one foot in, one foot out, think about it. And number five, you guys, how will we know this is working? How will I know this is working? How will you know this is working? How would we as a couple, as husband and wife, know that this is working? So if you get to the point where you're trying an open marriage or open relationship, is what you and your partner decided. Y'all agree on. Boom, bang, here we go. But before you head out and say, hey, I'm all in. I'm just going to dive in and let's give it a try. Have a plan in place. So that you can check in with one another to make sure that your relationship is still strong and both of you are still okay with the decisions that you both made. Ask yourself, how often do we want to check in about what is and isn't working for us? Because the transition in an open relationship and open marriage can be difficult as, as most transitions are. We know that. And it could help the individuals involved to have conversations around how they're feeling and what is or isn't working for them and to be prepared to continue to make change as you guys decide to move forward in your relationship. Um, it's easier said than done. I know that. Um, I need a break, you guys. Hang tight, don't go anywhere. open marriage, open relationships. Um, You know, open relationships are a point of fascination at best to most people who are not in one. And it's understandable as you look at the concept of external monogamy tends to be enforced in most people from a young age, you know? So when people divulge from what is expected, um, it can lead to a lot of questions, you know what I mean? So to some of those questions, um, when I was reading online, I was reading where Reddit, um, it's a site on Reddit, where they were talking with people who had experience with open marriages and relationship. And it was this site where people were sharing their stories. And as the case with all of those relationships, everyone had very different experiences. And certain things seem to work better for some people than they do for others. And that's the same thing when I was talking about with the podcasting idea. Like, what worked for you may not work for me. What worked for me may not work for you. So... Yeah, but Insiders was unable to independently authenticate all of those stories, but there was still a lot to learn from them. Um, When I was reading it, some of them were saying it can help strengthen your bond with your main partner. Um, One lady, one couple saying that they had been in two open relationships over the last six years and they said that they 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 were they were amazing is what they said that the trust and the communication 
that open relationships captivate was absolutely idea. They were saying that they talked about everything when it came to other hookups. Um, they wanted it that way. It was best for them that way. They had some fetishes that their partner wasn't into. And they had the freedom to explore those with others. And it's the same with the other partner. They can't fulfill every need that they have. It's not practical, but they don't believe that their partner shouldn't be able to fulfill those needs just because one can't. Um, they had limit. Um, but they didn't want to limit their experience and their connections to just one person. Every single person had a different kind of sex. Um, and I think it's fun to experience them in that capacity, but I think when you're not married, maybe, I don't know. Um, one of them was saying that their partner had mind, um, bending unimaginably good sex, but they still wanted to experience all the different flavors that were out there. Because at the end of the day, you always come home to each other and that's all that matters and they think that they love each other more because of it. I don't see how, but, you know, that was their opinion. And they were saying that if if you don't want a relationship, being the third can be a good experience. So some people don't want relationship. Um, I'm not in the fr- relationship of friends with benefits type of situation. I, that's just not for me. But there were some that said that... Um, they were not in a relationship, but they were in a friends with benefits relationship with a guy and sometimes the girl in an open relationship. And they have been together since high school and they were all in their 30s now and they do have a kid together. They have been with one another or both, but they have never met, even met the child. Um, if it's with both of them, they send the child to a sitter and they go to their house. If it's one or the other, they either get a room or they go to the other person's place. It seems to work very well with them, as long as the third party is cool with it. Um, They have tried numerous of girls over the years, but they always wanted more or didn't like the fact that his soul comes first or, you know, whatever. I don't know if that was me. And then one relationship with Nan is usually harder than a conventional relationship. They were saying that... Um, the guy was saying that he was a guy who dated a sizable number of women, women in open relationships and marriage. And for every stable, open relationship with solid roots, there were adherents to very, there were 10 more train wrecks in action. Um, he said he noticed some interesting patterns. Many times the man initiates, the man initiates it. But the wife or girlfriend ends up getting way more sex than the male partner and it alters the dynamic of the relationship considerably. The ones that seems more solid and lasting in open state are the fully open ones. That is multiple full-on relationships, not just messing around. He suspected that this is because both people are truly committed to the lifestyle and not just satisfying urges. Um, he said he also noticed a lot more stability in relationships that aren't fully open, where their openness has the rule where it's only open on mutual attendees, aka like swinging threesomes but not individuals' affairs. Um, then one was like sometimes the act of seeking out other people to sleep with is just too much work. Having an open relationship can ensure that both parties main, maintain honesty. So, I, I when I the bottom line is what I'm saying is when you're trying an open marriage. Um, and you can actually still have a strong relationship. That's saying a lot about your relationship, and I'm not knocking anybody. I just know 
open honestly is not for me is really really not for me um but i'm not gonna keep going for long enough um but um i just want everyone to be clear and you and your partners to be clear that an open marriage is a form of non-monogamy and which the partner of a marriage agree that each may engage in extramarital sexual relationships without this being looked at as infidelity and considered or established an open relationship despite the implied monogamy of marriage. Now, bigamy, polygamy, uh, means having multiple romantic relationships at the same time um, with the knowledge and consent of everyone involved. An open relationship is a relationship where the parties are free to take new partners. The term both fall under the heading of ethical non-monogamy, but they are not synonymous. Um, so, the rules or boundaries in open marriage, it varies by couples. Extramarital sex is, in, is often illegal in jurisdiction where adultery is illegal, so you have to know that. So, regardless of whether the partners have given their consent, open marriage differs from polygamy. So, a sexual relationship exists only among the parties to be married. Now, they did say that 80% of wives in open marriages rate their compatibilities with their spouse as excellent, excellent or good, and 76 rate their sexual satisfaction the same way. A study of same-sex male couples found that half of the open marriages studied among the group did not end in divorces, so I guess that's a good thing. So, Again, an open relationship is an intimate relationship, which is consensual, non-monogamous. And this term sometimes referred to polygamy, but it's often used to signify a primary emotional and intimate relationship between two parties who agree to have sexual relationships, but not romantic relationships with other people. So, at the end of the day, whatever you decide, you and your partner have to be okay with it, happy with it. And that's what you both want. At the end of the day. It's not for me. But at the same time. I always said. That I can't judge anybody. And my response. Should tell you that. I could have came on here and just been like. Oh girl no are you crazy. That's that's me being close minded. And me just thinking just my way. Um, I'm more of a selfish. Type of lover. I'm more of one-on-one. I don't believe in all that multiple people. That's just not me. Um, Especially if you're in a relationship. Um, So that's why I went online and got information from marital therapists. And I talked to other people. Um, A lot of this stuff came from the insider. um, www.thisinsider.com. Um, some of it came from the New York Times, um, Open Marriage with Wonkopedia, uh, Sugar. I think it's Sugar. I think it's Sugar. Something Sugar. Or, uh. So it's different people who who I went to read up on their information, and it made sense to me why. It would have been best to hear from different people's perspective and not just from my perspective. Um, I'm not judging jury, and I think that if your marriage could sustain that, 
Oh, it's www.popsugar.com. That's the other site. Um, and that's regarding should you have a, a um, open marriage. Um, again, ask yourself those questions. One, what do I want this to look like? Two, what are my attachment styles? Three, why is this appealing? Four, is my relationship stable? Five, how will we know this is working? So just think about it. And make sure you have a conversation and be open and honest with each other. Make sure you set boundaries. Um, And don't allow yourself to get into a situation that you are not completely sure or 100% happy about. Or feel secure about making that decision just because you want to make your partner happy. Because at the end of the day, in order for that, that open relationship to work and not destroy your marriage... Everybody have to be on the same page and everybody have to be open and and know what they're getting into or have the good and the bad. The good that can happen from it and the bad outcome that can happen from it. So I hope it helps. Um, so the answer to your question is, I can't tell you what to do. The best thing is to sit down and y'all have a, a very open, honest conversation. And if you consider it, ask those, yourself those five questions, each other, and make that decision based on what's best for you guys. But I'm here to tell you that if your relationship is not strong, do not even attempt to even go that route because your relationship is good as dead. That's even if you decide, even if you decide to have a long distance relationship, it's not the fact that long distance relationships can't happen because it can, but if you have a weak relationship before you decide to make it a long distance relationship, it's not going to survive. It's not going to survive. So put in the work, communicate, be open and honest, be comfortable enough with each other to be open and honest and listen to one another. And hopefully you get the right, you come up with the right decision and your relationship can constantly grow. Um, but that's, that's, that's it for me on that one, you guys. That is it. Again, thank you guys for coming over to Talk to Talk with Your Girl Anita Love from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I appreciate all the support that you guys been giving me. Coming over, hitting that listen and support button, the questions that you've been giving me, the comments, the topics that you want to talk about. I'm gradually getting into some of them. I'm gradually doing it. So I'm going to get into that. I promise you, I am going to open up a little bit more with those in regards to that. Um, remember to stay true to yourself. Do not let anyone else's thoughts and opinions dictate who and what you think of yourself. Continue to push to be better every day than what you were the day before. Let your family and friends know that you love them today because tomorrow is not promised to any of you guys. And when they go low, we go high like the former first lady. And remember, let God be God. Until next time on Talk to Talk, you guys. Oh, you guys can go over to Google Play, Google Play, Spreaker, Breaker, Pocket Cast, all those other amazing platforms and listen to me. You can also email me at Anita Love to hate to hate at gmail.com. That's Anita Love, the number two hate, the number two hate at gmail.com. Any topics, any comments you want, send them to me. Again, thank you for coming over to Talk to Talk with me from Baton Rouge. Until next time, you guys, peace.